This is Be Your Change podcast, amplifying the voices of women changemakers who are building a more equitable, sustainable, and inclusive world one episode at a time. I'm Juliette Roy. In our show, we take you on a journey across the globe to understand the solutions women are creating to impact the world. Please stop trying to fix women. Please stop trying telling us to be more bullish about our projections and more, you know, defending our business more against critique. I'm sorry, but the best way to grow is to hear the critiques and, and input what's good. So we have to fix the system. And I think it's time for investors to start making smarter business decisions if, if we're looking at the data. Just heard Hala Hanna, Managing Director of MIT Solve Global, during a panel organized at the invitation of Cartier's Women Initiative in Boston. And that's where we are traveling to in this week's episode to talk about how to support women-funded businesses. Less than 3% of founders get, you know, venture capital. Uh, women founders. Uh, between 8 and 10% of funders are women. So we, we know those statistics that there's a lot of work to be done. This was Susan Duffy. She's the executive director of the Center for Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership at Babson College. 65% of the U.S. venture capital firms don't have any women partners, meaning women's voices are usually not represented in the investment circle. Typically, venture capital is interested in investing in companies they think has an exponential ability to provide return on their investment. But that the theory writes, in practical terms, most of the investors are men. Not all of them, of course, but a very high number don't understand products and companies developed by women. The reason? They might not be the primary audience. And women don't fit the vision of an entrepreneur. This is called unconscious bias. According to McKinsey, there's $28 trillion of value being left on the table right now. That is what we would add to the global economy if we brought men and women up to parity in all means of economic output. But Morgan Stanley says just the VC investments alone in women and underrepresented founders would add $4 trillion of value into the economy. So there's just such a huge opportunity for us all to be taking steps. The more I learn about funding and women bias, the more I come across interesting statistics. According to Found LA, last year, women in minority-owned businesses received less than 4% of available loans. Across the globe, on average, less than 1% of the money spent on suppliers by large corporations and government go to women companies. That sounds a bit crazy, right? When we think about, you know, why do these statistics continue, um, here are a few things that I hear. I hear lots of excuses. You know, women's revenue projections are just so much more cautious than men's. Uh, women are more likely to accept feedback from investors instead of, you know, really defending their company <coughs> against critiques. Women build products that are catered to other women. So investors, well, most women know <laughs> this makes me crazy. <laughs> Some yeah. really smart things, all three of them. And I think it's really dangerous excuses because it does perpetuate that idea of, uh, you know, what, what is venture backable? And, and it perpetuates the idea that there is, you know, enough things to fund out there that are founded by women. Yet, we know women-funded businesses deliver more than twice as much per dollar invested on average. The bottom line is, we know women-led companies perform very, very well, 
So what are the investors waiting for? If women deliver twice as much return on investment than men, why do we struggle to find the capital we need to be successful? But here are some good news. And what we're finding through research that we support is that women are figuring it out, right? We're saying, okay, if that little slice of funding isn't for me, I'm going to find other ways to go. And from CEO to Pipeline Angels to Golden Seeds to Victress Capital to Portfolio to whatever it might be across the continuum of funding opportunities, women are finding their way and they're also growing organically, very strategically, very smart, and they're using all the resources they can. And there are other actions we can take to change the system. As we fix the system, we also have to help educate founders of today to manage the current system, right? right? To recognize bias in the pitch room, to turn that around in the moment, to understand where to go to get capital that's more likely to be aligned with someone who will fund you. Um, to really understand the differences and the implicit bias that they might be getting projected upon them when they're functioning in a way that isn't consistent with what that kind of dominant investor expects, right? And to play the game as best as they can. We shouldn't have to play the game, but we also have to learn how to play it until we fix it and change the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We have to play the game. But at the same time, we can change the rules. My guest today is Luigi Sampaio. She's a global director with the Cartier Women's Initiative and organizer of the breakfast that took place in Boston to discuss how to design an ecosystem that empowers women as a force for good. The event brought together a full panel of powerful women and attendees who are changing the funding narrative for women. Cartier is one of the most successful luxury brands in the world, but it also happens they are pioneers in supporting women entrepreneurs. Cartier Women's Initiative is an international entrepreneurship program that focuses on driving change in the world by empowering women impact entrepreneurs. Hi, Winji. Welcome to our show. Hello. Very good to be here. <laughs> Could you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Winji Sampaio, and I uh, head up the Cartier Women Initiative. I'm originally from Hong Kong and uh, grew up in San Francisco Bay Area, and um, just recently, about a year and a half ago, moved to Paris. Can you give us a, a big picture of what is Cartier Women Initiative and how unique is this program to help women entrepreneurs? Sure. So the Cartier Women Initiative is an international program, and um, we have four main key pillars to our work. The first is around an awards, and our awards basically is a ceremony that is uh, around the world. And so it's a global initiative that we're moving on to different cities every year. And in this work, we are act trying to activate the local ecosystem that is supporting women social impact entrepreneurs. And so the award ceremony um, is the first pillar of our work. And every year, we recognize the 21 women uh, who apply to our program program um, from around the world in the award ceremony. So every year, the 21 women that gets admitted to the program, seven of them will receive $100,000 from Cartier as a grant for their business. And then uh, the two runner-up will receive $30,000 from us. But in addition to the sort of monetary financial support, um, they are, of course, getting the human capital support that I mentioned in a fellowship and also uh, all the social capital support around the connection and the community. And why 21 women? <laughs> oh, because we have seven regions and we were selecting three from each region. So, yeah. <laughs> 
The second part of our work, um, the second pillar, is the fellowship program. So the fellowship program, it's a approximately one year long program of the 21 women entrepreneurs that we select from around the world across seven different regions that are leveraging business as a force for good. We um, help them with uh, various human capital support. And the three key main pillars of our work in that vein is around strategic financial thinking. So helping women think about how to translate their business ideas into actual financials and the financial implications of all those uh, decisions. The second key pillars for that is um, executive leadership presence and how to inspire. So many times women have fantastic ideas in terms of how to create social change, but how to communicate that to a large audience, um, how to communicate that to an audience that's unknown, that that may not look like them or may not have the same beliefs as them. So this is a specific skill set that we um, help them with. Um, and last but not least is around um, social impact. So many women are, are launching businesses that are creating social change, but how do they think about how to measure that social impact and quantify uh, the progress of that impact? And um, the social impact piece specifically is a collaboration we have with um, INSEAD Social Impact Initiative. And together we help train these women uh, in terms of their social impact mindset and leadership. Uh, so that's the second pillar of our program, which is um, the fellowship. The third pillar of our program is uh, community. And the Katema Initiative is about 14 years old. And so um, throughout the years, every year we have empowered about uh, 21 women. And so over the past 14 years, we now have about approximately uh, slightly north of 200 women from around the world. And creating the sisterhood amongst these women, creating social change is really something very, very special to us. Entrepreneurship in general is a lonely road, and being a woman on social entrepreneurship is also a very lonely road. So um, being able to connect all of these women globally, it's really, I would say, one of the most special piece of our, our program. And I think you asked me, like, you know, what is the most memorable or unique piece of the overall program is that by virtually doing this program, we create a sisterhood that is sort of an outcome that is... Um, both very beautiful and, and actually very meaningful in terms of um, emotional support for women going through these journeys. And last but not least is the thought leadership component of our overall program. And so every year we create panels of speakers in terms of content of thought leaders in the respective ecosystem to come together and talk about social entrepreneurship for women or women leadership in social entrepreneurship. And this is really important because um, there's just many ways for us to connect together and, and collaborate together. And this morning in the breakfast you have attended in the Boston Boutique, this is exactly what we are trying to do, convene together with some thought leadership, and then also create networks amongst um, the attendees. So would you define Katya Women Initiative as an accelerator? I would call us more of an international program. And the reason why is um, a lot of accelerators are mainly focused on accelerating a business idea. And for us, we're just trying to support women who are creating social change via leveraging business as a force for good. And so um, you'll see that in our fellowship program, it's actually much more about the woman. How to create serial social impact entrepreneurs. I mean, I would say that would be much more of the goal of the fellowship than really anything else. Yeah. So this is why I would say um, we wouldn't exactly call us an accelerator, but I do find like, you know, we learn so much from other accelerator programs, and we collaborate much with accelerator programs because I think accelerators are very effective specifically in certain regions and also by industry where there's a lot of specialized knowledge that they can be shared. And many of our fellows, because we are a global program and across all industry, we don't really specifically focus on industry expertise or um, country or regional expertise, right, in terms of market access. And so for us, um, accelerator and incubator programs are really great collaboration sources for us, while we really mainly focus on the women potential. I think that's something I greatly appreciate about the Cartier Women's Initiative is the diversity of the community. It really struck me. I think it's something very, very valuable that 
it's hard to find. I very often see programs who are very specialized, mm-hmm. like, you know. So I feel like the program is very designed to be inclusive. For sure. Uh, I'm always surprised at what all these women are up to from all pockets of the world. Um, you know, we have women working on toilets, and then we have women working on blockchain. We have women working on packaging materials, healthcare, and really um, all across the board. But, you know, what is really interesting is even though everybody is in different industry, different geography, there's really one thing that reunite all of them. And it's this, I think, yearning for support uh, as a social entrepreneur, you know, someone who is leveraging business as a force to create social change and how to create a sustainable business model that can you know, perpetuate and scale their impact, right? So I think that part of the formula is the, sort of the common experience across all of them. Do you know about the inspiration of this initiative? So Cartier is a company that is um, a lot of women employees and so very focused on women empowerment in general. And uh, 14 years ago, we had an opportunity to collaborate with the Women's Forum on on this idea of um, starting the Cartier Women Initiative. And for the first 10 years of the initiative, it really was more of a celebration of women entrepreneurship. So every year we would have, um, as part of the Women's Forum event, a chance to celebrate all the great work of um, women entrepreneurs. But I would say in the past three, four years, um, our CEO, Cyril Vignon, he um, saw the inspiration of this program and really felt that there's an opportunity here to really take it to the next level in terms of converting it and, and accelerating it into a social impact initiative for the organization. And so as part of that, we expanded you know, to the four verticals that I was describing. So we were no longer just a celebration and an award. We were also a fellowship program. We were um, also building community around women and we we're also building thought leadership and leveraging the opportunity to convene people together to talk about the issue. Mm-hmm you have resources to execute on your vision for the program. Yes, yeah, very fortunate. I think um, Cartier as a Maison has been very successful. And as a result, you know, I think Surreal's vision is really that, you know, we all have the responsibility to take action against the social change that we want to see in the world. And so um, he certainly have been very supportive of the initiative. He's one of the he for she um, campaign at the UN Women. And really, we're trying to walk the talk as a business on how to support more women and specifically the source of inspiration we actually get from the women entrepreneurs. That's part of our program internally is also a tremendous, I think, assets for the organization in terms of culture building and value alignment. It sounds like the company has been going through some transformation around the sustainability of the luxury business because we know there is lots of talk in the world about contribution of um, fashion brand and luxury brand to waste and the negative impact it can have on the planet. So can you give us a little bit of information on what Cartier is actually looking into changing? Sure, I could give you some high-level strokes of our key um, corporate initiative around social change. So for sure, um, we are very conscious in sort of the business of Kate itself in terms of jewelry production and watch production. And there's a lot of efforts around that in ensuring that we are um, socially responsible and, and really practice corporate responsibility. But secondly, also, we recently signed the UN Women Empowerment Principle. And, um, and this is a set of principle by UN Women to acknowledge businesses that are promoting gender equality and etc. I would say those are the two great examples of how we were really trying to holistically practice all the values of be the social change that we want to be. Yeah, so are you referring to the goal number five of gender equality of 17 sustainable goals by the United Nations? So, I mean, I would say for sure the Kate Women Initiative is sort of one expression, right, of us trying to be supportive of Principle 5 and then, you know, signing the web, which has a series of principles along with it also are another way of us trying to support the Principle 5. 
Like we talked about in previous episode, the United Nations created 17 sustainable development goals to achieve by the year 2030. And goal number five is achieving gender equality and empowering all women and girls with disabilities. And for those of you who need help with your branding and marketing collateral, we highly recommend lime-zest.com, a powerful brand platform empowering entrepreneurs to bring their business ideas to life. Lime Zest is a badass woman-owned company who decided that they should repurpose all the brand designs they created over the years but were not used. So check out www.lime-zest.com and get a 10% discount with the code BEYOURCHANGE10. Um, I love the idea of inspiration capital, but I also like the idea of collaboration capital. I'm realizing, I realized very late in my own career that people would have helped me. And had I asked, and I should have asked, but I didn't think it was okay to ask. And now I'm so inspired by the women I meet now, uh, generations younger than me, who are asking for help, not feeling ashamed of it, and realizing that's how we're going to get this done. And the the peer networks and the collaboration effect, I think, is critical. And it's a different model, and we can make that model maybe someday be the prevailing model. I think it was Emily Green, who, who from All Raise Boston, who mentioned this idea of collaboration capital. And um, and she really felt that gathering everyone together this morning for the breakfast is one way of, of us sort of meeting together from, from all parts of the ecosystem, if you will, to come together and create collaboration. And she called this the collaboration capital, which I thought was a great way of um, referring to sort of the work that we're doing. It was a very interesting way because really what I heard in the narrative today was the current system women entrepreneurs have to navigate through has really been designed by male. Also, we're trying to transform the system to welcome more people who are not initially from that population to really be able to meet the needs of uh, women entrepreneurs and underserved entrepreneurs. So yes, yeah, so I think there is a lot of talk around how can we transform that ecosystem? And the Cartier Women Initiative program is one of the contribution. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think for us today, this talk was really how to design an ecosystem that empower women's creating social change. And uh, the design of the ecosystem, I think that itself is, is a conversation, right? And we need to keep on having those conversations. Because for us, for example, I think our program contains components of financial capital support, social capital support, human capital support, which I think as you look at different programs out there, they also have these sort of key elements. So then it tells me sort of like, what else can we do and how do we create more scale across those three categories so that we really are um, creating um, more social impact. And this is one of the reasons why we are uh, designing these series of talks and we're hoping to have these kind of conversations in the cities that we're in so that we can uh, collaborate with all the local ecosystem partner and, and really think about how do we be complementary and collaborative together. How can we bring men into the discussion? I have a son who's seven years old and, and a daughter who is 10 and it's been like a little bit pressing to see how he feels sometimes excluded when I have all these women gathering and he's like mommy there is no guys here there's only women and I feel like he's feeling a little bit not sad but a little bit left Mm -hmm. out of all of this like he doesn't feel included and it's something I need to change because we want him to be an ally Mm -hmm. and really be part of his conversation so how do you think we can build that? 
Yeah, you know, it's, yes, very important because at the heart of why we started a Kate Women Initiative is to create a sense of not just a diversity, but a sense of belonging for everyone. And this is interesting because working at Kate is actually my first time where I'm in a company where there's more women than men. <laughs> so historically in my career, it has always been more men than women. And all of a sudden, it's really interesting. For, first of all, the male colleagues I meet, have met, I have never met more he for she's at, um, than, than anywhere else, any other company I've worked in. And so for that, it, it is really, really quite inspiring. But also for me, um, you know, as I go into meetings or, or even as we work on the Kate Women Initiative, we always have men who volunteers for the initiative. We also have men who are mentors to women, especially um, as investor mentors. Um, and so if we have a fellow who's fundraising, we certainly want to make sure like, you know, she has connection to various men who are allocating capital as, as well as women. Um, but also just um, to have a sounding board as someone who is supportive specifically of women entrepreneurs. And so I think that is really important to, to really sort of focus on the sense of belonging as opposed to rather it's men or women. It's just a sense of belonging for everyone. And um, and oftentimes really someone's perspective or creating diversity of perspective is not really just limited to gender or race. It actually re- is much more related to one's upbringing and where they you know grew up and et cetera. So, so I think uh, we really try to focus on the sense of belonging. And I think if we all do that, it is a great way of um, engaging um, everybody. Yeah, so I think it brings me to my next question around mental health. Like there was a lot of discussion about the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and the emotional barrier like women can face. But I feel it's not only women. Like we were talking about this vision of the hero or the entrepreneur or the person who's succeeding at any cost. I'll sometimes think it's like, okay, can we take into account not just the financial aspect of success, but the emotional aspect of, of success. Have you been successful with your family, with your kids? Were you the dad you wanted to be? Did you have a place to express your your worrying? And did you get the emotional help you needed to go through that journey? And I think we're not including that conversation enough mm-hmm. in terms of success. Yes, this is very true. You know, like uh, one thing really amazing and inspiring for the Kate Women Initiative is this idea that just really all age range of women um, who are part of the program. So for example, in this upcoming cohort, they range from 24 years old to 60 years old. And when I look into their backgrounds, um, they started entrepreneurship journey at different points in their life. You know, oftentimes we talk about women has many different life events, you know, becoming a mother or getting married. And that really changes um, really your life trajectory. And oftentimes it's a negative for your career. There's a lot of publication around sort of how that could um, negatively impact your career and that trajectory. However, these live events actually also create opportunities to pursue entrepreneurship. And I see from the program participants, you know, oftentimes, you know, they have created a business as a result of becoming a mother. They have turned entrepreneurial side business into a full-time business. And so it's really interesting that actually as women in these different live events, it actually enable us to create opportunities for entrepreneurship. And and I think this also creates the flexibility of what you're describing with this family and, and sort of more holistic picture of success. And, and we have just been talking about this a lot, actually, uh, in terms of a potential theme for content um, that we want to think about. And it's this idea of the skills that you gain by becoming a mother. So um, how motherhood can really actually build a new set of skills that, that you never have imagined and how that can be an advantage. Uh, as a woman entrepreneur or as a woman leader. So, um, so yeah, the picture of success, exactly what you were describing. 
So let's talk a little bit about this instinct mm -hmm. for women to collaborate mm -hmm. and to enter the social impact space. There are some very interesting numbers being shared today. Why do you think women are more interested in making the world a better place? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I... Um The statistics definitely show that indeed women is the case, uh, both from an entrepreneurship perspective and also from an investor perspective, actually, which is really interesting. I actually do not know why, but I could tell you from my own personal journey, I, I think I, I'm surrounded by other social entrepreneurs and other social intrapreneurs and to can have the opportunity to connect purpose with my day-to-day -day work. And, um, and I think that's a really powerful force of passion and motivation every day. So, Do you have any insight for all the women who are listening to us right now and that are thinking about applying to the Cartier Women's Initiative or maybe they're thinking they're not ready yet because to apply you already have to have one or two years of existence as a business so what are your insights for all the women out there who might be part of the community and might not be able to you know be on the short list Well, so first of all, I, I certainly would encourage everyone to apply if you fulfill the eligibility criteria. The criteria are, you know, you have to be in business less than five years and also that you have had one year revenue uh, to prove that you have some traction. I think um, the most important is to not lose faith, you know, keep on prototyping on your business model to gain some traction to ensure that, um, you know, the idea that you really have product market fit around sort of the social solution that you're creating. And yeah, I hope they know that, you know, there's all these women who have made it into the program and have continued their path. And, and I hope that's a source of inspiration for them to keep going, yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have one specific story you want to share of how you got impacted by, by the work you're doing with Women Cartier Initiative? Wow, so many ways. Uh, you know, like, you know, one of the key benefits of having the Cartier Women Initiative is this idea of mutual inspiration. And for me, you know, we, we of course, you know, do all the work around the four pillars that I've described to you. But I think for me, like my moment of, of really, I would say, being really proud of the program is when I see on our WhatsApp group of all the participants or each cohort and when they ask each other a question. That to me is a validation that our work is needed and why we, it's this sisterhood that we're forming virtually uh, around the world and, and that they reach out to each other for challenges that they face. Rather, it's like how to write a press release or, you know, I just had to fire someone and like, you know, I feel horrible, <laughs> basically, the first time you have to fire someone. And just these experiences of the entrepreneurs and being able to share that with someone who, you know, have either gone through it or be there to listen and, and understand. I think that's, yeah, that's the purpose of the work. I talked some more to Winji about her love for food. Her book, Impact with Wings, Stories to Inspire and Mobilize Women Angel Investors and Entrepreneurs. Her goal to learn French and her inspiration to help women changemakers. Winji and her team are definitely a force for good. And it was so impactful to me to be part of this gathering. The good news is that there are many other Winji working at helping women succeed in their own terms. And the breakfast in Boston was a powerful manifestation of how much power we women hold in changing the world. It was a room full of women who have been working in the trench to lead the path for women impact entrepreneurs, but also for what could become entrepreneurship. We don't need any more heroes. We need the community to come together to accelerate change and you are part of it. I love that you pointed out the assumption about heroism in the sort of male 
framework of entrepreneurialism that you have to be a hero. And early in my career, at least a century ago, that was the only model. And so if you wanted to figure out how to do it, that was that you had to be a hero. And you had, it was a solo journey. You go off, you climb the mountain. Well, that's brutally hard to begin with. And besides doing the work, you're creating this um, uh, external uh, face that you have to invest energy in, like I'm perfect, and I don't ever screw up, and I don't ever doubt myself. Um, and I don't need help from anybody else. I don't accept help. A lot of what we're experiencing today in the world, from the COVID-19 to climate change, is a result of an old model of entrepreneurship. And it has created an unprecedented inequality. We have the rare opportunity to not go back to business as usual and design a new society that is led by women, inclusive of everyone. And what we find is women entrepreneurs want to make a difference. And they go into their ventures with the intention to do more than just build a bottom line. At Babson, we're actually educating the next generation of founders to think of economic and social impacts simultaneously so that any business you build already builds in this ability to go beyond profits and think about planet, people, everything. So it's really the way I think the founders of the future of all identities will be approaching business. We, we can hope. You can learn more about Cartier Women's Initiative and discover the women they have been supporting on CartierWomenInitiative.com. In our next episode, we sit down with Alice Bosley, founder and executive director of 5-1 Labs, a startup incubator that helps refugees and conflict-affected entrepreneurs launch and grow their businesses in Iraq in the Middle East. Yeah, so I am the co-founder of 5-1 Labs. 5-1 Labs is a startup incubator based in the Kurdistan region of Iraq, and we support young people from all of the diverse communities in the Kurdistan region to launch scalable, innovative businesses. So, if you'd like to partner with us in spreading the incredible impact of all these women, we want to hear from you. Show us how much you love beer change. Leave a review on iTunes, follow us on Instagram at Beer Change Podcast, and become an ally. We accept everything from check, Amazon cards, gold, diamonds, money order, credit card, bitcoins, or investment. But it might be easier to become a monthly supporter through Patreon. To learn more, go to beerchange.co slash Patreon. Our executive producer and host for the show is Juliet Roy. Our producer, Molly Dove. Our voiceover, Mia Roy. Music by Yella Bamba. A bientôt.